Good afternoon. It is Sunday, March 13th at 1 o'clock p.m., and we are here at the War Memorial Opera House for the San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interview, which precedes the matinee performance of Capella. My name is Andy Yononi, and I'm the Director of Education and Training for the Ballet, overseeing the administrative functions of the school and our education and outreach programs. On behalf of Artistic Director Helgi Thomason, welcome to everyone here in the audience as well as our online listeners. I am so happy to welcome Francis Chung, our principal dancer. Hi, everyone. You may know that Francis is reprising the role of Swanilda in these performances of Coppelia, and I'm very excited to have the opportunity to talk with you today. How did you get started in ballet, and what was your early training? Um, I'm from Canada, Vancouver, Canada. I started ballet when I was five years old. Um, and it was a recreational thing. My parents put my sister and I in ballet and piano classes, um, kind of to keep us busy and uh, just to have a different discipline in our lives um, aside from academics. And it just grew from there. It was a very gradual thing. Um, I didn't think I would become a professional dancer by any means. Um, but yeah, as I progressed, I. Uh, loved it more and more and I did well in little ballet competitions and, and here and there and and then I came here. <laughs> did you go to ballet summer intensive programs at different schools? Um, I stayed mostly in Vancouver. Uh, it was a small school, um, really great teachers um, and and because it was a small school we had a lot of you know one-on-one -on -one attention um, but, um, yeah, I had a pretty normal childhood. I went to regular public school. I, I did a half-day program, so I would go to school half the day, and then at lunch I would go to ballet. So that was kind of when I became more um, invested in ballet. And what was your path to San Francisco Ballet? Uh, pretty typical. You know, I came and I auditioned, and I auditioned for... I don't know, over 10 companies um, around Europe and Canada and the United States. And um, San Francisco Ballet was very high on my list. And um, I've always been a West Coast girl, so it was an easy decision uh, when I got the job. And then tell us about your promotion from core to soloist and then soloist to principal. What, was there a particular moment or ballet that launched those two big events? Um, you know, I've always been very lucky in that um, choreographers that Helgi brings here um, have always been, uh, you know, I don't know, in some ways drawn to me and they would cast me in, in their ballets. And um, in that sense, uh, San Francisco Ballet is really great in terms of opportunities, because um, we, we do a lot of small, newer repertoire. And you know, uh, when I was in my 
when I was a teenager, I'd be, you know, fourth cast to Tina LeBlanc or, or um, Kristen Long and, and different things like that. So just being in the studio and, and experiencing that um, uh, kind of gave me, um, you know, what I needed to grow into a principal dancer. So, um, you know, it was so long ago. I don't remember where... <laughs> I've been here for so long. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, actually, um, Coppelia was my very first full-length ballet. So um, I think I had just gotten promoted maybe a couple years before that. Um, so I'd have to say Coppelia was a kind of a pinnacle point in my career in terms of growth. So that was um, in 2011, the last time, the, actually the first time we did Coppelia. Um, Judith Fugate staged the ballet then. How did you approach the work of learning a brand new leading role in a story ballet and your first full length? Um, I think I was pretty scared. <laughs> And it's a lot to take on a full-length ballet. You know, you're on stage for three hours or so straight, and um, this one specifically, you it feels like you never really leave the stage, so it takes a lot of stamina. Um, but yeah, you take it one step at a, at a time, and Judy was incredible. She's the sweetest, sweetest woman, and she really held my hand the first time going through, you know. She gave me the greatest directions in terms of um, pantomime, because there's a lot of pantomime in this ballet, um, but also just in terms of artistry, you know, like, for me, technique is something that you work on every single day in class, and so, mm, uh, because we work on that every day, it wasn't necessarily my main focus. I think um, with full-length ballet specifically, when you're telling a story, uh, you, I spend a lot of energy just focusing on the artistry and um, being able to convey the story um, appropriately and clearly. What did you learn from that experience that informed your work on other full-length ballets? I think with every ballet, with every phonic ballet, or just um, rep ballet that we do, um, it, 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 every step informs me for the next ballet or for the next step in terms of growth. So, um, I don't know, as a dancer, you really have to keep on evolving, you have to keep on growing, um, and I really think, I don't, I don't go into it thinking this is what I'm gonna specifically work on. I think it's a, kind of a natural progress. Um, I don't know, specifically with Coppelia, I guess because um, the story needs to be very clear, you know, for the full-length ballets after that, you, you know, you learn different ways of moving and, and and different gestures um, for full-length ballets. After that, you know, I had that under my belt already, and so you kind of just move forward from there. 
Great, thank you. Judy was back again to work with the company this season. Since you're now reprising the role, did you approach Swanilda differently this time around? Um, you know, this time around, I just had a lot more confidence in my abilities to tell a story um, and, of course, to be able to do all the technical steps. Um, I, she came, she didn't uh, spend a lot of time, as much time as the first round um, when she first came to set it, because, you know, we, once you do a ballet, it's in your body somewhere in there. So when the music plays, naturally the steps just come out. So, um, so you know, we focused a lot on learning the ballet the first time around, whereas this time around we knew all the steps, we knew the story, we knew what we were trying to, um, you know, trying to convey. So um, uh, my partner and uh, our ballet master, Felipe, we, we just spent a lot of time rehearsing before she came. So by the time she came, really, um, she was just working on little details, little details that, um, like for instance, um, very subtle, subtle things, but I think that are, are important, like musicality, um, you know, to hold a certain position a little bit longer here, and then kind of, you know, um, work on dynamics and, and things like that. So, yeah, she has a great eye for all of that. So, was, is your relationship with her this time around different from before? Yeah, I feel like the first time around I was kind of a wide-eyed uh, girl. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, whereas this time around I felt like um, I just got to show her everything that I've learned through the years and, and um, kind of just uh, have her appreciate. And, you know, a lot of times we would just sit in rehearsal and she would just watch and, and, um, and kind of... I think, I think she was proud of us. <laughs> I think she should have been, for sure. Um, let's talk about mime. I don't know if any of you read the, the papers, but in Alan Ulrich's March 9th review, he said, the mime is clear and potent, among other flattering things about your point work, technical mastery, and comic chops. How do you approach acting and pantomime in this ballet, especially with all of the comic elements? Um, well, there's, ballet has very specific mimes. So, you know, this is beautiful, the hand around your face. Um, you know, this is one. <laughs> this is doll. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, in knowing the mime, it's very important um, to do it at the correct musical point. Musicality, I think, is very important to mime, from what I've learned this uh, time around. Um, and and, and the kind of the same with comedy, you know, it's all about timing and... Um, and I think the way Balanchine choreographed it, you know, there's specific, very specific music to... Um, when Swan Hilda dances, as opposed to when Franz dances. Um, so even if, you know, there are moments in the ballet where I'm in the house, 
um, that you'll see in the scenery in the back. And I'm waiting to open the doors. And there's a few times where I'm in the house and, you know, at any moment, if I feel uh, unsure as to when I come out, it's all in the music. And I think for Swan Hilda, it's like a lighter. Um, I believe it's the flute um, specifically to me. So anytime I hear that music, it's my time to come on. Um, so yeah, it's all really much in the ballet. It's all choreographed. There's not too much work for me in terms of how clear it needs to be. It's just um, listening to the music and, and doing it at the right time. <laughs> and what about all of the mime with your friends when you're in the house? How much time did you take rehearsing all of that and how much is sort of spontaneous? Mm -hmm. This time around, I took more leisure in terms of being spontaneous. You know, I think Judy, um, the first time around, she kind of gave us more specifics. You know, do this at this point, do this, and and this time around, she's she kind of let us play with the the musicality a little bit, um, and yeah, I took it upon myself to kind of, um, I think. I think, uh, yeah, to do a comedic ballet, you you have to be spontaneous. So, you know, I would talk to my friends before the stage and I'd, you know, tell them, you know, this is kind of what I'm going for and this is um, what, what I want to do. And all the girls are incredible, really, really fun to be on stage with. So really we just had fun on stage and yeah. Do you hear the audience responses to when they're laughing when something happens? It is really the greatest joy for us on stage when the you can audibly hear the audience laughing. Um, you know, we're used to rehearsing in the studios and it's just like dead silence, <laughs> you know, when we're telling a joke or trying to be funny. And so, you know, we spend weeks in the studio doing it to no audience and so you know the first time we step on stage and there's life out here it's it's really uh, we are so grateful for that what do you want the audience to know about Swanhilda's relationship with Franz um you know it's not too complicated <laughs> There's no, uh, it's very playful. Uh, it's, all, it's all in the name of love. Um, even though uh, there are moments where you, um, you know, you kind of give him the cold shoulder, it's all done very playfully. So there's no sense of um, real sort of fighting or hate or anything like that. Everything is, um, you know, even when uh, there's a moment where I say, I, you, Mary, and then I say, no. But, you know, you kind of do it with a little bit of smile. It's all very uh, much a tease, you know, when you're a child and you hit a boy, it means you like him. It's that the whole time. Is there something that your relationship with Vitor brings to the stage that's different from the other uh, couples? 
Beecher and I dance a lot together, and I love dancing with him. He's, when we're in the studio, it's all work between Vitor and Felipe, our ballet master, and I, and, um, and we have a lot of, a lot of fun doing it. Um, I respect everything that he says. So, you know, we work on partnership things, you know, pot de, and, you know, where to put our hand, where to place me, and things like that. But he also, he coaches me a lot in terms of pantomime and, you know, where we're going to bring the story. In the first act, there's a lot of time um, in terms uh, of... Um, kind of just like bringing the story to the next level. It's a lot of free, it's all free, freely done. Um, so, you know, when the friends are dancing and we're kind of roaming around in the back or in the side, um, we do a lot of extra <laughs> pantomime and, you know, we work through all of that. But um, yeah, it's like, it's the best thing being in the studio with Vitor and because, um, because it's just all work, and, and uh, it's uh, what we love to do, so can't complain. Yeah, no, you can't complain, <laughs> right? Um, is there anything else you'd like the audience to know about today's performance or about Capella and your dancing and so forth that would inform how they might uh, view the performance? Well, if you're here to see this afternoon's show, it's um, Joseph and Doris, and they are hilarious, for one, but they're also <laughs> obviously technically and artistically brilliant. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably look you know, out for really how they interact with each other, just kind of look at them when they're standing around in the back, because there's, there's a lot to see, and um, it's easily missed, and I think, um, I think, yeah, Capelli in general, really, really fun story, and um, also know that everything they're doing is technically very difficult. So, you know, as much encouragement <laughs> as you guys give us, the, it really gives us energy. You know, when the audience is lively, we come alive on stage. So, yeah, know what they're doing is stamina, in terms of stamina-wise, and, and technique is very, very difficult. That's all I say. Thank you. I think uh, we can invite the audience to ask a few questions. Does anyone have a question? And um, I'm going to repeat it so that everyone can hear. Yes. So the question is about paw parts and how did you work out all the technical demands with a different kind of musical score? First off, Bill Forsythe, genius. Um, working with him was so difficult, but uh, um, so He's such a giving choreographer in person. So it was, it was the most fulfilling but difficult process because every time I 
got into the studio with him specifically for that solo in the beginning, um, choreography changed. So uh, I think we worked with either his uh, people or with him for a total of maybe like five or six weeks. The solo never stopped changing until the, the night before the show. <laughs> so um, it was kind of fun because I would go on stage and the first night uh, or the first day, I think it was a Sunday matinee, we premiered it. Um, I didn't really know what was going to happen, and I think that's how he prefers it. Uh, to, he, he likes to be surprised. So I told him I would just give him a version that I hope he <laughs> liked, and I think he approved it, so that's good. Um, but really, it was a combination of everything we had worked on. So nothing I performed that day was from, it, it was all from the studio and all from the work that we had done um, previously. But yeah, uh, I actually, I remember him doing the talk and he was saying, <laughs> he was saying, um, yeah, we, we would get into the studio and, and there were several people working on the part with me as well, uh, different casts and Isabella, and I share the same cast. She's in the core, amazing dancer. And, and we would just look at each other and be like, my brain is on fire. So yes, it was, it was a really great experience, but hard. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, since it's such an old, old ballet, um, did, did you or did the people you were coaching look at all back at, for any reason, I mean, to, to inform the style So the question is, since the ballet was originally conceived um, in, the, in a very long time ago, how did it develop into the Balanchine Danilova choreography that we see today? Um, you know, I tried to look for uh, videos online. I, I didn't find anything um, from past Balanchine. I heard there was a video of Helgi and Patty out there somewhere, and I tried to locate it, but never got a hold of it. I saw I've seen pictures of the two of them, um, but I've seen a lot of uh, Patty McBride's dancing online, and I think um, in any ballet that she does. She dances with such verve, and her upper body is the most incredible thing. Um, it's broad and it's expansive, and and she's uh, generally very playful. And early in the season, I also um, in the gala I performed Chaipa, and uh, there's a great video of her and ba uh, Baryshnikov. So I kind of, um, I didn't specifically see any videos or, um, yeah, archival works of Capelia, but in the back of my mind, um, I definitely had Patty McBride in my head. So Helgi Thomason and Patty McBride um, premiered the work back in the early to mid-70s, I believe, when uh, 
it was first choreographed. Thank you, that's a great question. She's asking, what is it like to be a dancer in San Francisco Ballet? How much time do we have? <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> um, I'm just gonna answer that very generally. It's a lot of hard work. Um, our season is difficult in that we spend several months in the summer rehearsing, and then um, our performance season is from February to May, and it's very condensed if you compare it to other ballet companies. They generally rehearse a ballet and then they perform a ballet, whereas we rehearse all of our ballets and then we perform all of our ballets. So in between, we have a lot, a, not very much time uh, to work and to rehearse. And I'd say it's it's hard work, but it's fulfilling because we get to perform here, um, and and it's great because we have also you know a lot of friends that we get to dance with, and yeah. And you get to tour. Yes, true. Yeah. Ah, the question is about her early training and how was it like to be on point the very first time? It was a very long time ago. Um, but if I remember correctly, my first pair of point shoes felt very hard. Um, and, and, you know, I think as a kid, you put on shoes and you just do it. <laughs> and you don't think too much about it, and uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I honestly don't remember specifically my very first time on point, but uh, when you're young as you are, uh, you just put them on and you go, and you have your teachers who will kind of teach you the process and and how to train properly and and uh, yeah, I'll, it'll become second nature in no time. Let me ask over here. What is your favorite full-length full ballet to perform? That is a tough one. I think. It's very hard for me to have favorites because uh, with each ballet, whether it's a challenge or it comes naturally to me, I enjoy it uh, in different senses. I guess parts like Coppelia and, and Don Quixote say they come more naturally to me. It's my personality. Uh, it's not hard for me to go on stage and just you know, have fun. I really, that's, uh, that's partly my, my motto in terms of dancing. Um, but parts like Giselle, um, where it's a completely uh, polar opposite character, demeanor, uh, way of being on stage, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that I love. So, I don't know, can't say. <laughs> I think we have time for one more.
So the question is about the rehearsal period and the performance period. When you have a choreographer coming early on, say during the summer, what happens after that? So this is uh, thanks to Helgi and all our amazing staff. They figure all of our scheduling out. So yes, generally the choreographer comes in the summer and then they come back for the premiere, usually a week or so before we go on stage. Um, but I, I don't really have a say in all of that, but uh, I assume it's the hardest thing to schedule <laughs> and to run a company. And um, as you all probably know, Gennady is going to become the director of Atlanta Ballet, and I was already talking to him, and he's got his plate full because he is already trying to figure all of that out, and it's very, very difficult. So, Well, I think we're going to need to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. Hello. For more information about San Francisco Ballet performances and educational programs, please visit our website, sfballet.org, and thank you and enjoy. Enjoy.